Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Mastering College to Career Podcast. I am your host, Daniel Botero, and in this podcast, we help college students just like you get internships and job offers from top companies. In this podcast, we explore topics such as networking, interviewing, resume writing, and many other topics that will get you those jobs. Not only do I speak on these topics myself, but I also interview other subject matter experts, including CEOs, university presidents, and Fortune 500 executives. We also interview college students just like you in the hopes that you can relate to their stories and learn from their journey. So if you're a college student looking to get ahead, look no further and welcome to the Mastering College to Career podcast. All right, so before we get started, I want to take a couple of seconds to tell you about the Mastering College to Career Academy. The Academy is a mentoring program that helps college students land the jobs of their dreams before they graduate. In this academy, I will teach you application hacks that will automatically help you beat over 90% of all other job applicants, networking tactics that will give you access to the hidden job market where over 80% of jobs are filled, interview techniques that will practically guarantee you make it through every round of the interviews and win the offer. And I will also connect you with my network of thousands of HR professionals and hiring managers that love hiring my students. So if you're interested in learning more about this program, just send me a message and let's see if the Academy is a good fit for you. Welcome, welcome back to this episode of the Mastering College to Career podcast. And today I have a friend, David Mendoza, in the house. And David is a LinkedIn connection, someone that we've been engaging on LinkedIn back and forth for a couple of months now. We're both extremely passionate about helping college students and recent grads find success. And, and, and David's in Canada, <laughs> Toronto, Canada, Toronto, <laughs> Canada. And, and so I'm excited to have this conversation because we'll be talking about um, mental health, international student, students, and even study abroad. So there's a lot in this podcast, but get ready. So without further ado, David, welcome to the show. How are you doing, my friend? I'm doing great, Daniel. Thank you so much. You forgot to mention one thing. We're both Colombians. We're both Colombians. We That's migrated right. to North America, which is exciting. You in the United States, me in Canada. Uh, like you mentioned, we both are working hard to help uh, minority students, newcomers, international students, uh, the folks who most of the time are invisible to land and pursue great career opportunities for themselves. So that's exciting. I'm very excited to have this conversation with you today, my friend. No, I am too. And David, just to give you guys a little bit of background, David is an educator. So he's a professor at a university, uh, college in Canada, as well as he's the director of Orbit 5. And so David, you know, why don't you tell the audience a little bit about yourself? Yes. So I came here to Canada, to Toronto, specifically in the year 2006. So that's um, 14 years ago, uh, and it was love at first sight with Toronto the minute I set foot in this city. I love the diversity. I love that you go on the subway or you walk down the streets and you see all colors of all shapes. You listen to all languages. I am a foodie, so for me, living in Toronto is a great opportunity to try different foods and through food learn about different cultures of the world who are based here in Toronto. I love this city, you know what, Daniel, because this is a microcosmos of the planet in one same city. So it's great. Um, so that's, uh, that's my background, Colombian in Canada now. I have uh, my, my professional background is in business marketing and community services. 
Uh, I've been working for the educational sector uh, in the post-secondary post realm in Ontario for over 10 years. And three years ago, I co-created a learning initiative called Orbit 5, where we prepare international students to transition smoothly into their lives in their new home countries and to land great career opportunities for themselves. So that's pretty much in a nutshell. I love it. And, and I'm so excited for this conversation because, you know, when we, we had a, a, a phone call before we do, like most of the guests that I have on the podcast, uh, we have like a call before the podcast to really make sure that we come up with an awesome topic and add a lot of value to you, the listeners. And mm. when we were talking, um, we, we really are, we're both talking about international students. It's, the majority of our phone call was on international global students and because they have it very hard on a normal time let alone with what's going on with, with COVID. And half of the students in my mentoring program, like I was sharing today with David, are you know, international students. And they're extremely, extremely bright individuals. Mm -hmm. But I kind of wanted you to talk a little bit about a little bit of what they go through, right? Like when they come from a whole different culture, from a whole different country, and they get to either Canada, United States, you know, North America, like generally is what we're focusing on right now because that's where the audience is listening. So that other, whether you're an international student and you're listening to this, you can be like, wow, you're not alone. Mm -hmm. And then if you're not a national student, you can now relate. And so when you do meet international students in your classes, go and introduce yourself, say hello. So why don't you tell us, you know, what's very common that goes, you know, what scenario that happens with international students come to, to North America to get an education? Absolutely. Two things that I want to mention uh, regarding what you just said, uh, and thank you for that. You, you said that all these students are bright, and they're bright students who come to these countries with a wealth of experience and a wealth of education. Some of them are still working in improving their communication skills, but that doesn't mean that they are less capable of adding value and to solve incredible pro problems uh, to contribute to the growth of an array of organizations. Um, so I thank you for that. And the other thing I thank you for is to encourage other students to say hello to them when they see them in campus, when they see them in a classroom, or with, when they see them now on an online basis through online learning, when they find out that there are international students in their classrooms, say hi to them, connect with them offline, you know, like through, through uh, LinkedIn or something, and learn about their culture, their journey, their struggle, and see if their vision aligns with yours, because together you can put together maybe a project together that can turn into a business. These students come with a wealth of education and imagine if they have thrived in their countries of origin, which are for the most part volatile environments, imagine the things that they can do now that they are in, in contexts that are more stable economically speaking. So, um, so thank you for that. So the challenges that an international student faces, as, as you mentioned, are very different from the challenges that a local student face, faces especially in times of COVID, right? Imagine, let's talk about COVID for a second. So imagine that you are um, a local student. I'm in Toronto. There's a, a small city not far from here called Oakville, right? So imagine you're from Oakville, you're born in Oakville, but you came to Toronto to study, to, to do your college or university. One day you feel bad, when you feel that something's off, but you're not 100%. You pick up your phone, you call your mom, and in three hours, you're home. Your mom picks you up and you're back home, right? But imagine times of COVID, you're feeling off, you're feeling bad, you're not feeling 100%, but your mom is in Vietnam, or your mom is in India, or your mom is in Colombia, or your mom is in Brazil. Your mom cannot come pick you up. You have to suck it up and see how you can deal that by yourself. So that's one of the challenges, being 
away from your family. A lot of these students also is the first time in their lives that they leave the comfort of their home. Uh, you know, for example, as Colombians or as Latinos are very spoiled by our moms, right? So we are used to having our meals served three times a day uh, by our mom. Sometimes we don't even make our own beds, etc. right? And then you're 19, 20 years old, you come here for the first time and you don't have your mom to cook your meals, right? So it's a huge adaptation process. People talk about a lot about work and school, but a lot of people don't think about the life transition. And those little details are part of that life transition and that those, that's some of the process that the students need to go through if they wanna grow personally, professionally, and if they want to make the most of the experience. Another of the challenges that they face for sure is the culture shock, right? They come from a different background where, with different social dynamics, uh, where the customs may be different, so they have to adapt to their new reality, right? That's why I think it's very important to start a preparation before they even arrive to the countries that they have chosen to upgrade themselves. And another cha challenge could be uh, the language, you know, the communication. I don't, I, don't, I don't like using the term language barrier because that's when you don't have, when you have like zero ability to communicate with other people, right? Which, of course, there's a lot of international students who come here as ESL students to learn a language and, they, and then they bridge into post-secondary. But for the most part, they come here, of course, they're improving their communication skills, uh, but sometimes they are scared to voice uh, their opinions or their, idea, or, or their ideas because they are scared that someone is going to judge them because of the, of the accent they have, because they might make grammar mistakes when they talk, right? So that's another challenge that they have to work on. So, and the most important challenge that they face and they need to work really hard on improving and surpassing is confidence, right? It's very important for the international student to embrace their background, where they come from, the great elements that they have acquired for themselves in their countries of origin through education and experience, and be able to transfer that to make tremendous contributions into the workplaces and the school places and the academic context where they are currently based so that they can thrive and they can build community around them and everybody wins within their communities. What you just shared is so eye-opening. And even for someone like me that's, you know, has so many mentees that are international students, and it's extremely important to understand that because sometimes I feel like humans are very, you know, selfish creature. Like we're all very, very selfish creatures. So we're always thinking about us and our problems and our situation. And we think we have it bad, but like, take the time to understand, like, if you're struck, like, all that they're dealing with, like they can't just go visit their family. Like it's, right. it's so much more and more challenging. And, and they come, you know, you, I've seen, you know, we're complaining that like, oh, I went to a college that's four, four hours away from my house. So no one in my high school is going there. And <laughs> they're like the only ones in, <laughs> in like their state or, you know, their, their county yeah. that even goes to their school. And so right. it's extremely, extremely challenging. So I really think it's so important. And one thing is, you know, how important would it be for them to do a SWOT analysis to say, look, yes, you might think like there's so many negatives, like the, the language barrier per se or, or, or the culture. But again, how many advantages do you have and how can you 
utilize them to your advantage, right? How can yeah. you actually maximize that and build your competitive advantage and, and be confident about it? And I think what you were talking about confidence, we'll dive into it in a little bit more, but mm -hmm. it's, in, it's, it's amazing that you talked about. You know, what's another thing, for example, when it comes to communications, and this is something that I constantly hear when I work with international students or newcomers, right? For example, if I make them present a topic or just introduce themselves, Many times, the first words that come out of their mind, their other of, of their mouth, sorry, are, sorry, my English is not good, right? And I'm like, well, you have to stop right there. You have to change that message that you're sending to your brain because you're creating a blockage that is going that is preventing you to actually improve your communication abilities. If you send a, yourself a different message and you say, tell yourself, you know what, I'm improving. It's different saying that you are improving than your communication abilities are bad, right? If you say to yourself, I'm improving. Today I speak English better than I did yesterday, and tomorrow I will speak English better than I, than, I, than I do today, it's a different message and you will be able to thrive when it comes to the language uh, learning process. Also, imagine if that is the first thing that the, re that the receiver gets from you when they talk, when, you, when they want to engage in a conversation with you. Now maybe that person is going to be like just looking for the grammar mistake or the uh, punctuation mistake or whatever it is, right? So don't do that. And I think that's very cultural, Daniel, because you, you go to Colombia often, right? Maybe like during the holidays, etc. I don't know if you have seen uh, foreigners that go to Colombia to learn Spanish. I used to teach, before I moved to Canada, I used to teach English as a second language in, in, in Bogota, the capital city. And they had a department of Spanish where foreigners would go there to, to, uh, to learn the language. Ask me how many times I heard an Australian, a Canadian, uh, an American, a British, a German uh, apologizing for their Spanish. Never. Zero times, I'm telling you, right? They would go, they would like talk and people would find that cute and people would laugh and people would engage in a conversation. Three months later, they are not, they are not speaking Spanish perfectly, but they have a great ability to communicate. Everybody, everybody understands them. Everybody appreciates their efforts. So it's something that is cultural, that for some reason, sometimes when we come from developing countries into North America, Europe, uh, Australia, etc., somehow we feel inferior and that shouldn't be the case. So it's, some, it's also a cultural shift that we should work on in order to showcase more confidence and value, especially when it comes to communication abilities. Let's talk a little bit about confidence. I think this is such an important topic and it's funny because one of the previous guests in the podcast is a, uh, she's an expert in confidence and she wrote a book on confidence as a choice and nice. it really went into the psychology of confidence. But I think confidence has uh, plays very closely with mental health. And I think yeah. it's an important topic to talk about mental health as it relates to not only college students, but also international students and what their mental health and taking care of their mental health specifically during this pandemic. Right. So mental health is a fascinating topic, specifically uh, when, when it comes to international students. Because in most countries, like now in North America, at least in, I'm gonna talk about the Canadian context, we've been talking about mental health more openly for the past, I'm gonna say seven years. Still stigmatized, but we're more open about it. People are not scared anymore to, to, to say that they go to a therapist. People are not scared anymore to talk about, hey, I, I was experiencing anxiety yesterday when I was given this task or when I noticed that I had to stay in, in quarantine for an uncertain period of time, right? 
in other cultures, including Latin American cultures, Asian cultures, Indian culture, etc., it's a massive taboo. Nobody talks about that, so nobody knows what mental health is, right? And the thing is that when you talk about mental health, it usually has a negative connotation. So when you talk about someone mental health, and then people think about the, you know, quote unquote, the craziest, right? The crazy people on the street, this, this and that, right? And it's not mental health, it's something that we should all strive for, right? Because it's how we take care of um, our psychological and emotional well-being, right? So that's something that does not happen a lot in other cultures. So when students are come here and they've never experienced that, and they, for example, experience the culture shock or they feel very homesick because they feel alone, nobody, they cannot resort to anyone, they have not made enough friends yet, there's something that impacts their abilities to feel 100%. The worst part is that they keep that to themselves. And if you keep that to yourself, if you don't talk about it, if you don't reach out for help, and most importantly, if you don't acknowledge that there's something off there, you will deepen the problem. And it's like snowball effect. It gets worse, worse, worse. And if it worsens, it's harder to get off that dark side. That's why it's very important to have these conversations with international students before they come here because there's an array of resources that they can resort to if they feel that something is off. For example, here in, in, in North America, all colleges and universities, they have counseling service where professional counselors will give them an appointment and they will be more than happy to, ha to have a conversation with them and help them navigate whatever situation they are going through. There are other resources that are available in the cities where people are based in. If, for example, if you are not a student anymore or, or if maybe uh, you need to talk to someone urgently and you know, the counselors are booked out for a few weeks, there are other resources that people can, that people can resort to but they have to acknowledge that something is off first and then reach out for help. One thing, people think if I mention that, nobody's gonna give me a job or people are gonna think that I'm weak because in my culture, I remember that when people, someone said that they were feeling down, they were sad, they were anxious, they had a panic attack, they were weak, right? They were undermined right from the, from the very get-go. So it's important to know for them that if they experience something like that, they're not alone. One, off, one out of, I don't remember if it's three or four people, uh, in the world population are going to experience a mental health related challenge at some point during their lifespan, right? So it's important for them to know that they're not alone. If they have the chance to voice this out, so for example, now with the pandemic, right? If they have the chance to talk to their friends and say, hey, this is what I was feeling today or this week and I talk to this person now I feel better I have now hope that things are going to get better that I will um, you know go back to my normal self maybe the other people are gonna say you know what I feel the same way too but I didn't know I thought I was alone and I was like scared or afraid of sharing this information with anybody else so it's very important especially now in, in times of crisis and pandemic where there's so much uncertainty and where so many of these students are, are losing internships and job offers, et cetera, to be able to have strong community of support around them so that they can voice out these challenges that they're going through.
Hey, Daniel here. Before we get to the second half of this episode, I wanted to share with you Ashley's story and how she got her dream internship at Disney. Enjoy. Hey, everybody. I'm Ashley, and I'm currently a guest experience management intern at Walt Disney World. And quite honestly, uh, I wouldn't be here if it weren't for joining the Mastering College to Career Academy. Before the Academy, I had a pretty good plan on where to go, but I didn't know how to get there. So thanks to joining the Academy and going through all the content and just engaging with Daniel and, you know, and himself on LinkedIn and everything, I was able to build up the courage, basically build up my resume and just apply for this amazing program that I'm a part of right now. Um, it, what's amazing is that I get to park every single day right next to um, the Tron construction. So I get to see all of that in action. Um, being a management intern and it's so great I absolutely love it and I recommend that you join as well so you can be a part of something great that's gonna help with your career and it's less than even a class like a college credit so definitely you get your money's worth uh, so please do it and just go out there and get your dream internship and or job if you want me to help you reach your career goals, just contact me. And now let's get back to the rest of the show. So I'm going to admit something in this podcast. I never, th- I always thought that mental health was, again, guys, this is very naive of me to be thinking this way, but I always thought the mental health is something that you can control that, that you can control your mind. I've always been somebody that about personal development and just reading mm-hmm. about mindset. And I never I, I thought it's, it's just more about mindset more than it is about mental health. And I would tell you that that's not true because mm-hmm. I've in the last couple of years, ever since I left my, my cushy job in corporate America and embarked into this entrepreneurship uh, journey, I've, yeah. I've experienced mental health problems myself, like to the point where um, I, I get anxiety, I yeah. can't control it. Um, and sometimes that anxiety is so bad that I can't concentrate. I'm not productive at all. And I'm right. just better off doing nothing. And, and sometimes I like want to go sleep more. And yeah. it's, it's, it's something that I have had to, to learn to deal with and be open about to the point that I'm talking about it in my podcast. So I can, it's something I couldn't relate to before and I didn't understand it, but now after dealing with it myself and still going and dealing with it on a, I would say on a weekly basis, not mm-hmm. it, it's ups and downs. Sometimes I get it every day for a couple of weeks and then it goes away for a couple of months and, I, I done some meditation and, and talked to some, some friends and have a really good support network, you know, my wife included. Yeah. And so I think it is something that you need to be aware and know your body and ask for help if, if you yeah. need the help. And you said it, I think every, most universities, if, if not all universities have free counseling. Um, it's, uh, it's not necessarily free. You pay for oh, it with your tuition. Exactly. Free quote yeah. unquote, so, because it's, yeah, but it's including yeah. tuition, but you pay for that. Yeah. It's not any additional cost to you, mm-hmm, but exactly. it's already including your tuition. And so use it because, um, once you've graduated, it can't, it can't be a little bit expensive, but there's also some free resources that most cities use. And there's yeah. even hotlines that you can call where there's a lot of nonprofit organizations that which just a simple Google search and, and look, and the point of this podcast is we're not experts in mental health we mm-hmm. want to bring awareness to the issue because right. there's tons of resources out there if you're looking for it but we yeah. want to make sure that you understand that it's okay to talk about it and it's okay to find those resources and get help and the help that you need 
and, and make sure that you get that under control because what you don't want is that your mental health issues cripple you to the point where you're not a productive member of society. Absolutely. And so what, what are you going to do when you have to pay off all the student loans? Quick what are you going to do when you have to go back to your country if that's the case or if you stay here? Like, so do yourself a favor, do all of us a favor and talk about it and get support, get help. And this is important because I'm surprised you, you know, I want to Google what that number is um, because I think it's probably much higher um, and it's probably been growing to the years. And I think it's not that it wasn't an issue before. I think it's the fact that people are more open to talk about it than they were. Uh, exactly. And as more people make this a norm, um, I think it's going to continue to to grow and, and okay to talk about that. Exactly. And it's going to become more mainstream. And I think it's the reason why meditation has grown so much throughout mm-hmm. the last couple of years. And hopefully also, uh, if, if the conversation grows and more people are aware of that and sending out the message, hopefully the governments will pitch in as well and allocate more resources in terms of that. Speaking of resources, I had, a, I had a guest speaker in my webinars a few weeks ago. She's a mental health advocate. She's actually a, a currently a student at universities taking uh, human resources and psychology. And she shared with me an incredible uh, Google Doc with resources for mental health help in, North, in, in the United States. So I'm happy to share that with you so that you can share that with yes, us. Yes, I will definitely share with me. We can put that yeah. Google Doc on the link. If they're okay with sharing it with, with the Absolutely, audience, yeah. Yeah, we'll yeah. love to share it. And also, I want to commend you on, you know, being, uh, I think what you, what, you, what you do when you talk about your own struggle and when you say, hey, sometimes I've experienced this as, you know, as, as my journey of, of uh, being an entrepreneur, I think that's thought leadership because you are telling people, hey, being an entrepreneur is not only like, you know, like, you know, like rainbows and unicorns. There's another aspect of the thing that it sometimes is so lonely, Right that it can impact your mental health. And if you don't acknowledge that, and if you go into a state of constant denial, then it's when you resort to other things to numb that pain or those things that you're experiencing. Alcohol, drugs, whatever other addictions that you resort to in order to numb the pain, right? So I commend you on, on being open about this because I think, uh, again, it's like when, when, for example, you are a leader in, the, in, edu- in, the, in education, in the United States. When students go see that message from you who are seen as a thought leader and they say, hey, this guy is experiencing this himself. This guy has a very successful career trajectory. This guy has, this guy has put together incredible projects for education, for life, to help other people. And he, and he himself is experiencing this. So I don't feel now, I don't feel bad that me as a simple mortal, a simple student is experiencing, experiencing that as well. So it's great that, that we are, are um, covering those topics as well. For example, in my personal case, I came to Canada because I was feeling that my life was going th- through the drain. And it was those things, you know, depression, anxiety, like uncertainty, not like feeling lost, not knowing what, what I wanted to do with my life, not being able to live my self-authentic life, right? But I didn't know at the time, 14 years ago, who was talking about these topics? Nobody. So you were there with your thoughts with your emotions, with your feelings, not being, not being able to talk to anybody about that, right? So I think now that we have experienced these things and we have more awareness and more understanding of the importance to, for all of us to strive for mental health, to send a clear message that you're not alone and it can, no one is exempted from experiencing these challenges at some point in their lives. 
No, absolutely. I'm, I'm so glad that, like I said, we're having this conversation. It's such an important one to, to do. So just really encourage all of you that are listening to, to, you know, to have this conversation, you know, reach out to your network of support, reach out to the resources that are out there available to you um, so that you can get you know, the help you need to be successful and reach your goals. Don't let this get in the way of you. So you have to make sure you, you don't ignore it but actually do something about it. David, let's, let's transition the conversation to something else that I know that I, I think it's so amazing that you do is um, study abroad. You're, you're very familiar with this topic. It's, yeah. I don't, I don't want to say that I regret, like regret <laughs> not doing things, but I think there's, uh, there's one thing I, re- there's a, I think there's two main things that I regret not doing when I was a college student. Yeah. One of those things being uh, not doing study, st- studying abroad. So why don't you tell us a little bit about that? It's an incredible ex- life experience. For example, in my case, I was the first time I left Colombia, actually, in 1998. I went to the United Kingdom to improve my English as an, as a, as an English as a second language student, right? And it was a life-changing experience because it was the very first time of me immersing in a different culture, immersing in a different language, seeing people from other cultures, getting to understand and hear other life's perspectives, right? And that, that you can give yourself an opportunity to experience that and make it a life-changing experience if you push yourself and if you don't play safe. What is the problem, though? Most of the international students who come to these countries, right, if they're from Colombia, they are going to hang out only with Latinos. Mm-hmm. If they're from India, they're going to hang out only from, with Indians. If they're from China... Chinese, the Vietnamese with the Vietnamese. And I've experienced that years and years and years while teaching here in post-secondary. For example, I used to teach a career uh, internship preparation class at George Brown College for the chef students, right? A few years ago, massive class, 50 students, a lot of international students, right? And you saw that what I just described, you saw that in the classroom, the Chinese with the Chinese, the Korean with the Korean, the Brazilian with the Brazilian, and the Canadian with the Canadian. Zero interaction, right? Once you know, and they had to do an internship in, as a requirement of their graduation, right? I remember once this student came to me and he says, but you could, you could see the distress and the anxiety in his face, right? And he's like, David, what happens if I cannot find an internship? And I'm like, what makes you think that? And he's like, because I have an accent. English is not my second language. And I'm like, buddy, I have an accent too. English is not my second language. Sorry, English is not my first language either. Do you understand me? And he says, Yes, I do. Okay, I do understand you. So we're communicating, right? Now, if communication is the biggest challenge that you have identified that is going to prevent you from landing a great internship, what have you done to overcome the challenge? And he was like, blacked, right? He's like, "Mm." I'm like, okay, have you joined a conversation club? No. Have you gone to the career center and maybe have a conversation with people there to, uh, up, you know, improve your networking abilities, etc. No. Where are you from? China. And who do you hang out with? Oh, my Chinese friends are waiting for me. <laughs> and I'm like, and I'm like, buddy, like we give you the resources, but it's up to you to make use of them. You're paying. So, for example, Daniel, here in Canada, in in, in college, at college level, at least in Ontario. A domestic student, domestic student, sorry, they pay, say, between $3,500 and $4,000 a year. An international student pays between $17,000 and $20,000 a year. Are you going to tell me that you're going to make that investment, right? Pay $20,000 plus expenses, right? Plus rent, 
transportation, food, leisure, whatever. So are you going to tell me that you're going to spend $30,000 a year to speak Mandarin or to speak in Spanish or to speak in Portuguese? What are you doing with that investment? What are you doing with your life, with that life-changing opportunity that you had and you're not making the most of, right? So that's one example. Another example, another uh, student comes to me once and he's like, David, I have great news. I'm moving out from my homestay because my, my homestay sucked. And I'm like, okay, that's great, buddy. So what's, where, what's the deal? And he's like, yeah, we found an apartment. Great, close to the subway. So I'm moving with four friends. I'm like, okay, what friends? Brazilian, Brazilian student. Oh, I'm moving with Joao, with Bruno, with Cesar. And I'm like, man, like, how is that good news at all? I'm like, what do you mean, David? But like, we're saving money. We don't like our homestays. And I'm like, buddy, like all of you are international students and you all, or you're all here improving your English. I'm going to tell you not a single word of English will ever be spoken in that apartment. And he's like, oh my God, I didn't think about that. And it was true because he told me after, right? They tried the first two days to speak English. And after that, they were just partying and having a good time speaking only in Portuguese. So you have to be very strategic with those things that you do. If you're gonna, if you're changing only geographic, geographic locations, you're not gonna experience the same level of growth uh, personally, professionally, academically. If you push yourself and, you know, and hey, like nobody knows you here. You can be your, yourself 100%. You can, nobody's gonna judge you. And if they do whatever, nobody knows you here. So take that step. So sometimes what I have, what I did in that class, because, you know, I live in Toronto, so I'm familiar. I know that Park is Korean. I know that Nguyen is Vietnamese. I know that Lee is Chinese. I know that Gonzalez is Spanish, right? I know that uh, Gonzalez is Portuguese, right? So what I would do, and I know that Smith is Canadian. So what I would do, I would take the class list. And, we, and remember that there was a project uh, on social media that I had to develop, right? And I, what I would do is I would pick each uh, last name that I knew that it was from different cultures, and I would put five languages from different cultures, sorry, from five last names from five different cultures. And that's how I would group the students. I would make the teams for them. At first, so that we, we, you would have one different culture in each uh, group and everybody would have to speak English. There's no Korean, there's no Vietnamese, there's no Spanish, right? At first, students hate that. And they challenge me and they're like, why? Why can't we? Why can't we work with our friends? I'm like, you're, you're getting trained to become chefs, right? And you're in Toronto. So are you going to tell me that when you go to do your internship in one of the kitchens in Toronto, you're going to be with all your friends only? And it's going to be all Brazilians and all Korean? No, my friend, it's going to be people from 15 different places in the world. This is career preparation. The class itself, the name itself tells you what this is, right? challenge yourself get to know each other if at the end of the semester you tell me that the only thing that you got out of this was that you got to know a little bit of another culture and a friendship that's it that's it because tomorrow you can go visit uh, your your korean friend in seoul or your japanese friend in tokyo right and you win and you learn from each other right so sometimes we as educators will have we have to push them a little bit so that they step out of the comfort zone because course Daniel like it's easy for me right to hang out with you because we speak the same language because we are both Colombians we know the culture there is like uh, you know common themes that we can talk about right 
But if we really want to make the most of the experience, we need to, I mean, like we, I love, I would love to have a, a, a friendly, civilized relationship with you, but I would uh, thrive, strive to make friendships with people that force me to speak in the local language, right? So that's one of the things that they can do to overcome those challenges and make the most of the experience. So one of the things of studying abroad that a lot of the students don't take advantage of. No, I think that even if you don't study abroad, that even applies to just how do you expand your network and grow within your university? A lot of times we, we always gravitate to what we're comfortable with and, you know, and so it's about getting yourself out of the comfort zone, especially early on in your career, because that's really going to explain your growth as a whole. So I think that advice, it's, it's, it's so amazing. David, um, if students want to learn more about you, connect with you, what is the best way for them to do so? Uh, so the best way would be email and LinkedIn. So my LinkedIn is uh, David Andres Mendoza. So I will share with you the URL that you can share with the credits of the show. And also through email, my email is connect at orbit5.ca. That's O-R-B-I-T number 5.ca. And also I am facilitating weekly webinars um, on Mondays, uh, 7 p.m. usually, uh, EST, where I bring different guest speakers uh, to talk about different topics. So for example, yesterday, our guest speaker is uh, a big influencer on LinkedIn, and she talked about how to market your professional stories effectively. We've had recruiters, we have had former international students who have built very successful career trajectories. So they have shared their stories and students like that a lot because they can relate, they can see, hey, so this person they walked our path, they've been in our shoes, right? And they've been able to thrive. So they, it's, it's good inspiration. I'm hoping that you, that you can come within the next few weeks as well uh, and talk, talk about maybe the world of work, you know, how is it like to work in, in the top 500 companies, something like that. Uh, so yeah, so that like people are more than welcome to subscribe to the free weekly webinars as well. Awesome. So all that information will be on the show notes as usual. And I'll also put up LinkedIn, uh, all of David's LinkedIn links or David's LinkedIn links so you can connect with him as well. David, I think this has been such an important conversation to have. Um, I think your, your passion and knowledge really, you can see it. I can see it in the video that we're recording, <laughs> but I know you can also hear it in the voice. So thank you for what you do and, and thank you for advocating for, for international global students and really going out of your way to, to make their experience better and for them to have learned some life lessons that will impact them for the rest of their lives. Like truly, truly appreciate it. Thank you, Daniel. I appreciate you. And I also, I feel very fortunate to have the chance to have this conversation with you because your message really resonated with me the first time I stumbled upon your profile and I started following your content, your headline, helping minority students. Now I'm like, boom, this is someone that I really want to have in my network because we connect in that regard. Um, so it's very exciting and also like sending a last message to students, like embrace your roots, embrace yourself and build the confidence because you as an international individual, what you have is a thousand stories to share that you can use to impress a potential employer to showcase your value and the contribution that you can make to the growth of these societies. Thank you so much. Absolutely. Thank you guys so much for listening and catch you guys on the next episode. All right, my friend, congratulations for making it all the way to the end of the podcast. In the age of short attention span, this speaks volumes of you. So now, if you found value in this episode, 
that I am sure you're going to find value in the Mastering College to Career Academy. So if you want to learn more a little bit about that academy, go to MasteringCollegeToCareer.com or just send me a message. Thank you so much for listening and catch you guys all on the next episode.